the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. He is known as the father of our faith. He is Abraham. And he is the subject of our studies here in the book of Genesis. Hi there. Welcome to Study Verse by Verse with our teacher and pastor, Leighton Sheely. Today, we turn our attention to Genesis chapter 18. It is here that Abraham is visited. Three visitors show up on his doorstep, and they give him some exciting news. News that his wife, Sarah, isn't really all hip to, but nonetheless, it is news. And from there, there is a discussion about Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, there are lessons to be learned in this passage for us today, and we will do just that. Join us for today's broadcast of Study Verse by Verse from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno and online at highlands.us. Here's Pastor Layton. Abraham lived in a time of history where there was very little knowledge of God. It was very, very sparse. And civilizations created and manufactured their own gods and uh, created superstitions to explain the unexplainable. But Abraham claimed that there was only one true creator, one true God. Other gods did not exist. And he staked his entire life on this belief. Today he is known as the father of faith, by a majority of the world, uh, and his story is preserved for us here in Genesis and tells us much of what we need to know about faith. So as we study the life of Abraham and Sarah, we learn what faith is and how to walk by faith, and we discover that when we trust in the Lord, there is no test that's impossible and there is no failure that is permanent. Praise the Lord. So here in chapter 18, uh, God comes to visit Abraham in person. Uh, it's interesting that Abraham is called the friend of God three times in Scripture, in Second Chronicles chapter 20, in James chapter 2, but also, and probably one of the more significant of the three, is in Isaiah 41, where God himself says of Abraham, my friend. So it's God himself through the prophet who declares Abraham as a friend, and he is the only person in the Old Testament to receive this very special title. Now, Jesus called Lazarus his friend in John 11. He calls friends uh, those who believe on him and obey him. In fact, he said, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love hath no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. So according to Jesus, a friend is one with whom we can open our heart. It's someone who we understand and who understands us. And Abraham and God were friends. And that largely comes right from this particular chapter, chapter 18, because of the exceptional circumstances which occurred. Uh, The the author of Hebrews also recognizes this, uh, this chapter when he writes, Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers. For thereby some have entertained unawares angels. 
And such was Abraham's experience. At first he didn't know who he was entertaining, but that uh, dawned on him in the course of conversation and the events that followed. So that is an introduction now. Let's look at chapter 18, beginning at verse 1. The Lord appeared to Abraham near the great trees of Mamre while he was sitting at the entrance to his tent in the heat of the day. Abraham looked up and saw three men standing nearby. And when he saw them, he hurried from the entrance of his tent to meet them and bowed low to the ground. So it's a reference to the heat of the day here. That's the early hours of the afternoon. So the sun is now sitting high over the encampment of Abraham, and they're under the great trees of Mamre, which is outside of Hebron. The morning chores are now complete. The workers probably are back in their tents taking their customary afternoon siesta. In the heat of the day, the sheep and the donkeys and camels are probably clumped under some of the trees nearby. And Abraham is probably sitting under the shade next to the entrance of his uh, tent, enjoying some peace and quiet. Now, he may have nodded off because when he looks up, he sees all of a sudden three men standing there. And it's evident that he hadn't heard their approach. He hadn't seen them approach. They were simply there looking at him. Now, one of the things that is interesting is that few people traveled when the sun was so hot. And so Abraham was immediately both curious and courteous. And hospitality, of course, is one of the laws of the East, and Abraham uh, faithfully obeyed it. Even though he was uh, almost 100 years old here, he ran towards the men, and he bowed low to the ground before them with respect. He evidently recognized that these were visitors who should be honored. And uh, he addressed the leader as my lord, Adonai, Adonai, saying, If I have found favor in your eyes, my lord, do not pass your servant by. Let a little water be brought, and then you may all wash your feet and rest under this tree. Let me get you something to eat so you can be refreshed, and then go on your way, now that you've come to your servant. Very well, they answered. Do as you say. So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah. Quick, he said, get three says of fine flour and knead it and bake some bread. And then he ran to the herd and selected a choice tender calf and gave it to a servant who hurried to prepare it. And then he brought some curds and milk and the calf that had been prepared and set these before them. And while they ate, he stood near them under a tree. Now, it's interesting that throughout this chapter, the narrator uses the name Yahweh, which is translated Lord, and Abraham uses the word Adonai, which is also translated Lord. And uh, so the indication here is that Abraham doesn't know that he is in the presence of Yahweh uh, at this point, but he is treating with the proper respect. In fact, Adonai is one of the titles with which uh, we address God. Now, there's some things that we can learn from Abraham's example. To begin with, he served the Lord personally. Now, remember that he's almost 100 years old, and he could have called one of his hundreds of servants, one of his hundreds of stewards, but he has decided that he was going to minister to these guests personally. And then also the chapter emphasizes that he ministered speedily as well. He ran to greet the visitors. He hastened to tell Sarah to bake some bread. He ran to get a tender calf, and he saw to it that the young man was, uh, was hastened to address, uh, uh, to address the meat. And, and remember, this is a 100-year-old man running around in the heat of the day. Um, then he also served generously uh, as well. He gave the best that he had. He, he spread out a huge feast. Um, uh, there, there's only three guests, but it says that three sayas, or 
uh, flour were baked, and somebody has suggested that's like six gallons of flour. That's a lot for three guests. So the idea here is, is he's throwing a royal feast. He's giving his absolute best. And then he also served with humility. He bowed to the guests. He called himself a servant. He described the meal as just a morsel of bread. He uh, uh, interrupted what might have been a comfortable afternoon nap in order to serve these three strangers. And because of his service, he received a tremendous blessing, not only for him, but also for his wife. Uh, One of the scholars observed that this is the only place in Scripture before the Incarnation that the Lord ate a meal with a human being. On the other occasions, uh, the same person appeared and meat and drink were brought out to him. But in those cases, he turned the offered banquet into a sacrifice and the smoke of which ascended heavenward. You know, in this day and age, with the availability of hotels and restaurants and so forth, we really think about what it means to entertain strangers. But hospitality is an important part of Christian ministry. In fact, given to hospitality is one of the requirements for leadership in the local church. And so by us lovingly serving others, we serve not only Christ our Savior and Lord, but we also promote the spread of God's truth as well. Verse 9, where is your wife, Sarah? They asked him. There in the tent, he said. Then the Lord said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now, by this time, it's really, really clear to Abraham that the visitors are not ordinary men. Uh, first off, they had referenced his wife by her new given name, which was, the only, was given in the last chapter, Sarah, instead of Sarai. They also repeated almost word for word the announcement that was given by El Shaddai about the son being born. And, and then even more precisely, uh, the Lord said, I... Notice the word I, me, I will surely return to you about this time next year. So this was the Lord God himself. God had appeared to Abraham in the form of the stranger, and they had dined together. And now suddenly, all of the lights, if he had been missing any, they're all on now. He understands what's taking place. All of the previous promises of the sun were a bit nebulous, and the uh, revelation of the details was progressive. Every time God came, he gave another piece of information about this sun, but now the announcement is really specific. At this time next year, Sarah will have a child. Now, Sarah was listening at the entrance to the tent, which was behind him. Abram and Sarah were already old and well-advanced in years, and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought... After I am worn out and my master is old, will I now have this pleasure? So Moses here is giving us some insights. He said, now Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in years. The way of women had ceased to be with Sarah. So not only had she been infertile all of her life, but now she was postmenopausal, And so she was doubly dead in respect to the ability to bear a child. And the idea, the promise that she would be a mother next year would have been absurd if it hadn't come from God. Now, notice that Sarah's response was silent and inward. It says, so Sarah laughed to herself as she thought. So this laughter may have taken place entirely in her head. In any event, it was not laughter that was intended to be shared with anyone, but God knows even the whispers of the heart. Now, Sarah's response here, her unbelief, suggests that either 
Abraham had failed to mention to her the promise or that when he did, he failed to convince her. And uh, her, the fact that she was rebuked here, even though it was mild, indicates that she persisted in unbelief. And, and so for the present, at least, Sarah's faith was not a match for that of her husband. Verse 13. Then the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, will I really have a child now that I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year, and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid, so she lied and said, I did not laugh. But he said, yes, you did laugh. So in this moment, Sarah understood that her unuttered thought was fully known to the Lord. A few chapters ago, Hagar learned that God sees her, Sarah now realizes God sees inside her. And nothing's changed. He still sees inside of each and every one of us. A lesson to take to heart here today on Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely. Thank you for taking a few minutes and spending it with us. We trust you come away from today's program encouraged in your walk and relationship with Jesus have questions, we invite you to visit us online at highlands.us. Again, our website is highlands.us. Learn more about us, Church of the Highlands here in San Bruno, and if you'd like to visit, directions to the church when and where we meet, highlands.us. Tomorrow, more in Genesis. Join us then. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.